Welcome to Making Great Men Podcast. This is your host, Papa G. Thank you for joining me again on episode number five, I think we're up to now. Wow, which is more than apparently 98% of all podcasts around the world. Anyway, uh, I really want to appreciate you being with me here today and say thank you again to all the messages coming through. Uh, last week's topic in regards to masculinity, I uh, got some interesting responses from, from that actually. Uh, people were saying, uh, you know, some people were saying you were very passionate about that topic, which I am. Some people saying I, I, I felt like you were really just uh, going for it, uh, which I was. And that was all on purpose because I am very passionate about the topic and I think that unfortunately our young men have not been modeled that very well in the last 20 or so years. And so um, let's bring it to the forefront. And I was just linking hands with so many other people around the world doing the same thing. So thank you all uh, for those who have messaged. Uh, I did get a few questions and have had a couple of this type of question over the last few weeks. And I wanted to address that question first. And I want to take a, uh, a few moments doing this because it's a fairly mm, interesting question tricky question, I should say, and then I'll get into the topic for today. The question that has come through, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put it all into one sentence rather than the different types of ways that this question has been phrased, is this, how do I get my partner to listen to this podcast? <laughs> how do I get my partner to listen to this podcast? And that is an interesting question because within the question is the problem. What I mean by that is the partner will not be asking, how do I get my male partner to listen to this question if there were open channels of communication already there? If the man in her life is secure in himself and they've developed a relationship where they can speak openly about things without him taking offense or her taking offense, then you just go over to him and gently suggest, hey, look, hey, honey, I've seen this podcast and I've heard about it and some friends are posting about it. And so I'll listen to it and I really like what this person's got to say. Would you mind having a listen and let me know what you think about it? Or going over to them and saying, hey, here are some things that I really love that I want to do. And they say, yeah, great. Let me have a look at it. I'd love, I'd love to do it. Now, it seems like for some of you hearing this, this is far-fetched from your relationship. And you probably identify more <laughs> with the person who, or the people who've written in, the question of how do I get my partner to listen to this podcast? So I asked a few friends of mine um, what their thoughts were, and I got an array of suggestions. And so um, let me try to answer this with some of the suggestions that were given to me. One of the ones that was given to me was, uh, if you are, for instance, the female partner of this man, uh, what you probably can do is maybe have it playing in your car when he gets in the car, if you're picking him up from somewhere, or playing at home when he comes home, uh, and listen, listening to this podcast, and, and you're playing episode after episode, maybe he just maybe, if you think that that could work, you've created an atmosphere where he listens to it and says, hey, what are you listening to? Who's this guy? What, what, what's he saying? Why are you listening to this? At least it opens up the discussion for you to be able to say, well, actually, it's very interesting because I'm found i finding it very interesting and, and I'd like to hear what he's got to say about it. 
we, and it just opens up the topic. Obviously, ladies, be be gentle in the way that you approach this, because um, we are talking about men and manhood. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that is a fairly good way. I didn't even think of this. That was one of the friends who suggested that. So that's that's something you can do. Having it playing in the background, and hopefully he hears it and asks questions about it. If if you are parents and you have a son, maybe here's a second suggestion. You can ask the father to sit with his son and listen to this podcast because you would like the son to learn some things from this podcast uh, and grow from them. And uh, and maybe while the father listens to these, uh, he can glean some things. Now, I don't know how well that would go. Um, look, I don't know how well any of these would go. They're just suggestions right now. Hopefully, they help some of you out there. Um, but one of my one of my favorite ones, I think, uh, that came through as a suggestion was the that the female partner assimilate this information from the podcast, develop in herself what she would like her man to do or to be, and then put that expectation on him. You see, one of the things we have not done well for our men is put expectation on them. And without expectation, they lose responsibility. And without responsibility, there's no meaning. And without meaning, we know where that leads, and we've spoken about that in previous podcasts. But expectation on your man to say to him, look, I really love it when you open the door, when you pull out the chair. I love it when you are more decisive. I love it when you are true to your word, that you don't overpromise and underdeliver. I, I am gentlemen, that's a big one, by the way. That's a, that's a, that's another topic that's going to come up. I love it when you are true to your word. I love it when you are more decisive. So when when you say to me, darling, what would you like for dinner tonight? Do you want Thai or pizza? And uh, and I say I don't know what I want. And you say, well, okay, I I well let's go for Thai. And then I change my mind and say, oh no, look, I really want pizza. Uh, that you don't get upset about it. You're flexible enough to say, yeah, sure, let's I'll do pizza then. See, that shows decisiveness. It shows flexibility. Um, talk to your man about that. Let him know. Just say, here's what I love. Here's what I love to see you do. And, and um, you know, I find it, I find it attractive. Um, you know, obviously you do. Obviously you want your man to, to, to portray these traits. So, so be open and honest with him. And uh, that, I think, might be the best approach. I don't know how putting it on in the background will go, uh, putting it on in the car when he gets in the car, or go speak to your son. That might work for you guys. But there's some suggestions because I thought it was a very, very good uh, question, and, and I've been asked that several times. So that's the question for today that I wanted to, to uh, talk about. But as you've probably uh, seen on the heading of this particular podcast, uh, you know that this podcast is about being vulnerable. Now, this is a particular topic that I want to get into. And, and by the way, let me just say that he, here are some things that I'm going to be speaking about over the coming weeks. Here are some topics that I've started to write down from questions I'm getting and things I'm seeing around me. Um, but here they are. Uh, what a real man is like in a relationship. Uh, a woman's take on masculinity. I'm going to interview a close friend of mine, a good friend of mine. Uh, Self-awareness and emotional intelligence, what that is, what it looks like, how to develop it, some resources. Uh, different ways to become a better man, and much more. So they're all coming up in the future episodes uh, of this Making Great Men podcast. But today we're talking about vulnerability. It's a topic that I am still learning about. And let me repeat something that I've said a couple of times now. Just because I'm doing these podcasts, it does not mean that I am perfect. Not by any stretch of the imagination. 
I, like you, am on a journey. I may be a little further ahead than some, but I'm not perfect. Please understand this, gentlemen. I try to be a learner so I can grow. I look to the future and I think to myself, what would my business be like? What would I be like? What would my family look like? And I try to put steps in now to be that person. And so please understand, I'm saying I'm not, I'm not perfect because I want you to know it's not just because I'm speaking about it uh, or, if, or if you know me or if you get to know me or if you hear about me and I've made a mistake, I'm human just like you are and we all make mistakes. So please understand this. But that does not negate the importance of any of the topics I've spoken about or will speak about, including this one. See, as you know, as I've said in previous uh, podcasts, I grew up in the Bronx of of Sydney, known as Parramatta, and um, you know, in a Middle Eastern family, in an Arab family, beautiful, loving family. But as most of you know, uh, vulnerability was not modelled, is not modelled, to the young men, because a man is a man. A man is a man, and you didn't do this. Now, I'm not great at this yet, but I am much better than I used to be five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, being vulnerable. You see, gentlemen, when you hear that word, what does that word spark in your mind? Being vulnerable. Have you ever had a partner say to you, why can't you just be more vulnerable? Why can you not be more vulnerable? See, it was a model to me, so it didn't come natural. I didn't see other grown men in my life be vulnerable to those around them. As a matter of fact, what I did see is a lot of men uh, who knew everything about everything. That's what I knew. That's what I, every uncle knew everything about every topic, whether it was science or religion or politics or cars uh, or, or arguments or um, council or roadside work or trade work or businesses, any topic, they were all experts at it. That's what was modeled to me, not vulnerability, not being a learner. And so I had to develop those things in there. And vulnerability was one of the ones that I found the most difficult to do and still find one of the ones that are the most challenging. So we're walking on this journey together. And so I want to I want to give you what I've learned over those last uh, few decades, <laughs> if I could put it that way. You might be thinking that this topic runs counter to what I've been saying in past podcasts. But on it's that's on the contrary, gentlemen. Yes, men are designed to provide and protect. Agreed. Yes, men are designed to be strong, assertive, independent, confident, and competitive. Agreed. Yes, men are to be powerful and formidable and then become peaceful. Or in other words, another way it was put, be a monster but never act monstrously because that is virtuous. Yes to all of those. Agreed. But... None of those things counter being vulnerable. Why? Because only the strong can be vulnerable. Gentlemen, only the strong can be vulnerable. Those who act from fear cannot be vulnerable. Catch that. Those who act from a place of fear cannot be vulnerable. As a matter of fact, if you allow fear to drive you, then you'll do a lot of things wrong in your life. You will push the people away that love you. You will react to, to things that happen to you. You will constantly be closed off. You will, will constantly be fighting and arguing and, and aggressive because that's what fear does. Think of an animal that's cornered and feels like it's going to be attacked. That's the sort of thing that happens when we fear. 
Now, let me just add a caveat here. Please only be vulnerable to someone you can trust implicitly. That's the caveat for this show. A partner, a close friend, a mentor, a spiritual leader, a coach, someone who has earned trust in your life. And if you have no one that's earned trust in your life, let's go back to that. You need to find someone that you can develop trust with. And that, that trust is developed through friendship, through communication, through talking, through testing. Once you've developed that trust, and it's the, in those micro openness of, of vulnerability where trust keeps going and going and going. Now, gentlemen, I understand that this is a difficult trait to develop. Because there is so much to lose here. So much pain can be inflicted. So much hurt can be enacted here. I get it. Trust me, I get it. There have been a number of times in my life where I've trusted someone. I've been open to them. I've shared my life with them. They knew my dreams, my fears. After many years of being in friendship and relationship with them, but then when that broke down, they did the unthinkable. They used what they knew about me against me, or they used it to hurt me, or they used it to cast doubt, or they used it to turn others against me, or they used it to try to break my credibility in order to win an argument, to make themselves look better out there with mutual friends and, and other groups of people that we were associated with. I know the pain, gentlemen. I understand the hurt. I know how it feels to be open to that, to go home, to be, lay your head on the pillow, and to... Allow those tears to flow down your face. Sometimes they're tears of anger. Sometimes they're tears of giving up. Sometimes they're just tears of absolute hurt. How could this person do, to, do this to me? How can they, after everything we've shared, and, and you think about all the good times, and you think about all the, all the amazing moments you had with this person, yet they did this to me? How could they do this to me? Gentlemen, understand that even though our first port of call is to react in anger or be angry at them, deep down that anger is only the surface, the shop front, I should say, of what's happening in the back office, which is hurt. And there's a great saying that says, hurt people hurt people. And so, yes, I acknowledge there's going to be pain. There's a possibility of hurt. I acknowledge that. And you have to walk through that. I get it. But even though I felt like I was never going to be able to recover from that betrayal, and, and trust me, I did feel that way many times, many times throughout these moments. I felt the hurt. I thought I was never going to get over it. I don't know how I'm going to move on from this. I don't know if my reputation is going to recover. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it in, in six weeks, six months, six years' time. But I did. I did get over it. Listen to this. 
I did get over it. I got over it by choosing to forgive and move on. Actually, let me add another step to that. By choosing to understand what part I played, then forgive, and then move on. Now, forgiveness is definitely going to have to be another topic that I'm going to have to add to the list that I just mentioned before. How do I forgive someone? How do I forgive, actually? What does it mean to forgive? So I understand the pain, and I don't say this topic lightly. And you may be asking to yourself, George, why do you continue to be vulnerable with those closest to you? Why do you, why do you continue to be vulnerable? And there's one, one real reason. Because vulnerability makes a friendship or a relationship so much more beautiful. So much more beautiful. So much more deeper. So much more understanding and support and love in a relationship or a friendship when vulnerability is there. You see, you don't want to throw the good out because of the bad. Yes, be cautious. Be careful, be wise, but don't close yourself off completely. Vulnerability is highly important for a good friendship and a good relationship. Very, very important. So what is it? What is vulnerability? Well, it means to be exposed or susceptible to harm, emotional harm, due to being open, giving trust, And lowering your defenses, gentlemen. Lowering your defenses. And remember the caveat. It involves us allowing ourselves to be seen and heard or understood in a genuine and unguarded way. Which, yes, can create a sense of uncertainty or exposure. But that's the risk we take. And trust me, gentlemen. Nothing worth doing comes without risk. Type that down somewhere. Nothing worth doing comes without risk. Everything that's worth doing has risk, has effort, has has some form of, of striving that has to happen. That's why it's worth doing it. But even though there's that exposure and that sense of uncertainty, vulnerability is still important. And I want to go through a list of things of that, that might be examples of vulnerability that I want you to think through which one of these, maybe all of them, do I need to work on? Okay, so let me go through this list with you. Emotional vulnerability, first one. What does that mean? Well, it means to open up about your feelings. Uh Uh-oh, he's talking about feelings again. I'm a man. (laughs) Yeah, that's the reason why you need to speak about your feelings more than anyone. Open up about your feelings, your fears, your insecurities. Again, to someone you trust. Even though you risk rejection or judgment, when you trust that person and you start to open up about And initially, it could be just the small things that become medium things, that become opening up about the larger things or the deeper things. Maybe after a number of years, you can open up to a friend or a partner or 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 someone really close to you uh, about the deepest, deepest things in your life that you want help with or that you fear or that you desire to change about yourself. Talking about feelings doesn't mean sitting around a round table and just chatting. You can be exercising. You can go and be going for a walk and going for a drive. And you just chat with your mate about these sort of things. Or or sit with your partner. Have a coffee and sit with them. And say, hey, here's how I'm feeling about something. Here's how I'm feeling. And listen, 
if you're going to do that and you think your partner is going to be a little bit, um, doesn't know how to respond to this, um, give this section of the podcast to them. Just go from this point, let's say from 20 minutes, which is just clicked over, and ask them to listen from here. Now, partner, if you're listening to this, I want to say to you that if, if your man comes to you and says, I want to be vulnerable with you, can I ask you a little favor? Please be gentle. Please be kind. Please be understanding, even though he may infuriate you sometimes because he doesn't take the garbage out. He doesn't. Uh, he comes home late when he says he's going to come home at a certain time. Uh, insert whatever other thing drives you nuts about this guy. Okay, Now is not the time to bring them up. Put them on the shelf. Bring them up some other time. If he says, I want to be vulnerable with you, I want to learn how to do this, can I share some things that I'm feeling? Please try to be understanding and comforting and kind and open. Trust me, it will be an incredible thing that you do. And some amazing things. Yes, is it going to be awkward? Possibly, very likely. Is it going to be weird? Yes. Is it going to be a little different? Absolutely. But it's going to be absolutely worth it. All right, gentlemen, back to you guys. So the first one was, first type of example was emotional vulnerability. Second one, sharing personal experiences. So so with your partner or your coach or your, or your spiritual leader or your friend, sharing difficult or traumatic experiences that you've had in your life. Now, yes, this, this requires, again, exposing yourself and it could be uncomfortable. But those sharing those traumatic experiences can also help your, your friend or your partner understand you a lot more understand you better because they get to see oh okay this is why you react when this particular thing happens or when you see this in a show or you hear about this scenario or you watch this on the news or someone does this to you you feel disrespected and when you feel disrespected it takes you back to what your father uncle brother teacher friend used to do to you when you were younger these are keys to all of our lives because very few of us have escaped traumatic experiences growing up. Very few of us. We've all got stories and all of them are valid. And so sharing these things could help you. Now, I'm not telling you to live in them because if you live in the trauma, you need to get professional help and do it quickly. I'm telling you to share it with your partner who can walk on this journey with you for healing and also for understanding. A third example is trusting others. <laughs> There's that word trust. Placing trust in someone, like I said, a friend or a partner, with the understanding that they have the power to hurt or betray you. Once again, I'll say, I understand the feeling of being hurt or betrayed. But when you give that friend, that close friend or that partner, that power over you, that is an ultimate type of trust. You can give your car Gentlemen, and some of you, your car is the most, your most prized possession. And if you have a partner and your car is your most prized possession, you need to, you need to uh, change your priorities ASAP. <laughs> and that goes with anything that you have, gentlemen. Your partner and your children <clears throat> come first, just in case you didn't know. But placing trust in that person, even though they may be able to help you, uh, hurt you or betray you, that is is incredibly empowering for them and empowering for the relationship. Very, very empowering. It opens up the relationship on a whole nother level. Yes, there is the bad side, but the good side far outweighs it. 
if you've never done this in a relationship or you've only done it to a certain level, go deeper. Go slow if you need to. No one's asking you to get from zero to 100 in one week. Go slow. Open up. Another type of, um, of vulnerability is asking for help or support. <laughs> Jeez, we suck at this as men. Just, honey, just stop and ask the guy for directions. No, 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 no. I know where we're going. Uh, honey, just ask the ask the shop assistant for this product. No, 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 no. I know where it is. I'll just keep looking. Asking for help, asking for guidance when we face challenges, acknowledging that we can't handle something. This is the one I used to struggle with as well. Sharing my feelings wasn't too much of an issue for me. For those who know me, they would probably be laughing at this podcast now. Um, trusting others that became a little bit harder after after the betrayals. Um, uh, but asking for help uh, almost made me feel like, and sometimes I still have to fight through that, but it almost made me feel like I don't have the ability to handle some things, but so therefore I need to ask for help. If I have to ask for help for, for something, then I can't handle it. That's not, that's not anywhere near the case. And by the way, even if you can't handle it, that's okay. You're not made to know and be everything to everyone. And so asking for assistance or guidance when you're challenged, acknowledging can't handle something, um, that's that's fine. Being dependent on others, that's fine. Again, it's hard sometimes for a man to, to be dependent on others, but it's important. The other type is expressing love. Mm-hmm. Telling someone you care deeply for them, knowing that they may not reciprocate that same feeling <laughs> uh, if, if, it's, if it's a relationship you're about to explore. But for those of your loved ones, like your, your, your partner, your parents, your close friends, your children, repeatedly saying to them, I love you, and meaning it. Meaning it. Looking him in the eye and saying, I love you. Saying it often. Because we all hear stories and we all go to funerals and we all watch news where people left the house that day to go do something and they didn't return home. The worst type of regret is the regret the regret of not saying something when you had the chance to. That's the worst type of, one of the worst types of regrets. Not taking that opportunity when you had the chance to, especially to express how you love someone that's close to you. So being open to doing that. Another type of vulnerability is taking risks. So pursuing new opportunities and ventures, even though you may fail or be disappointed by it. Taking risks is another way of being vulnerable. Okay, so so that's that's a good way of starting to practice. I'm going to learn a new instrument, or I'm going to learn how to um, uh, do my finances properly, or I'm going to learn how to speak to the opposite sex because uh, you know, or, or a future partner because I want to be able to understand how to become a better man, uh, uh, so on and so forth. I want to go, I want to go and learn a new uh, thing at uni or or at TAFE or some some course management course because I want to become better at it. Uh, and so taking risks and learning and growing, even though you may fail, you've got to do it. That's being vulnerable. Setting boundaries is, is a vulnerability where you communicate your limits and your needs to others around you. Yes, the risk is that you, you have a potential conflict or rejection from that person, but setting boundaries is a vulnerability because you're saying to people, look, I'm done here. No, no, you can't use me in this way. Or I want to have some self-care here. This is important for me. For me to be a provider and a protector, 
uh, for my family and for myself and for those that, that, that I love. I have a limit and it's okay to have a limit. Once again, gentlemen, it's okay to ask for help and to have limits. Okay. Uh, admitting mistakes. Oh, that's a hard one. That is a difficult one, isn't it, gentlemen? Just think about that for a minute. Admitting mistakes. Saying I'm s s s s s s s sorry. <laughs> I've made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, it's another one of the ones that I'm still working on and doing and uh, trying to be better with, especially with my kids. I think I, I, uh, I need to get better at that more and more with my children. But acknowledging and taking responsibility for any errors or wrongdoings, uh, which can make you feel susceptible to criticism. I get it. But really, when you admit to that and you honestly can understand what you've done wrong, very few people take advantage of that in your life. Very few. As a matter of fact, it, it, um, it removes a lot of wars and a lot of pain and a lot of uh, heartache and a lot of stonewalling and a lot of arguments and a lot of... Uh, it makes people feel heard. It makes people feel uh, cared for. It just admitting mistakes. Uh, showing empathy is another type of vulnerability. So displaying compassion and understanding towards others and their, and their plight and what they're going through. And that, that's connecting with their emotions and understanding them and understanding their pain. Um, you know, being vulnerable. Some people are, in, uh, are, sorry, being an empath. Some people are incredible empaths. I've got one of my daughters who's incredibly empathetic, a good close friend of mine, incredibly empathetic. And they're vulnerable to being abused by people. Um, but we need people like that in our lives. And if you are that, then please be that. Obviously, be cautious with who, who's around you. Uh, but please continue to be that. And if you're not vulnerable, if you're not empathetic at all, uh, then then come on the journey with me to develop empathy a little bit more. And I've learned to develop that over the years. I'm not I'm not born empathetic. I'm not an empathetic person. But I've learned to become better at being empathetic by understanding people's where they're at and what they're doing. And 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 I, be, I and I turn less into the mode of okay, let me fix it for you. Let me tell you what you've got to do. Here are the three things you've got to do to fix it. Uh, so I've I've become less and less of that where I where I'll sit and listen to what they're going through. Um, but also by the same vein, um, if it's been 18 weeks of us talking about the same thing and you're doing nothing to fix it, uh, yeah, my empathy runs out probably long before 18 weeks, might be 18 minutes, but no, <laughs> no, it's longer than that. Um, but empathy is another way of being vulnerable. And obviously, you know, I sort of touched on this a moment ago, starting a new relationship, getting out there romantically, if you haven't been in that way, I know that that's being hugely vulnerable to rejection, but you understand that if you're about to bark on this gentleman, if you're about to go into starting a relationship and you were looking for a long-term type of relationship, even though there's a lot of uncertainty and vulnerability in doing that, understand that if someone doesn't want to be with you, that's not... Let me be careful how I say this. It's not a rejection of you as a person. It's the criteria that you bring is not the criteria that they're looking for. That's what you have to see it as. You bring a certain type of criteria into the world. This person doesn't particularly want those criteria. That's fine. That doesn't mean you are rejected. Now, let me put another caveat here. If you need to have a shower and watch out for your BO, go ask your mate, go be vulnerable to him. Hey, do I smell? Does my bread smell? Do, 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 my, do my underarms stink? Do I need to throw all my T-shirts out and uh, clip on my underarm hair and use antiperspirant deodorant? There's another tip for you 
to all the young men out there, please, all the 16-year-old men, I've taught my boys how to do this. Please, 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 if you've got long armpit hair, clipper it a little bit. Use antiperspirant deodorant when you're doing it. And, and by the way, before you use antiperspirant deodorant, use shampoo under there. Get rid of the bacteria that is eating your sweat and pooing out smelly stuff. By the way, that's where the smell comes from. The poo of that bacteria that's eating the sweat under your armpit. Yeah, disgusting, I know. But there's the truth. Deal with it. <laughs> Use shampoo, clip your armpit hair, throw out old t-shirts that stink every time you get hot because of the musty smell. Get new ones. Okay, there's a tip for you. Now, obviously, you need to groom yourself, look after yourself, present yourself well. I get that. But if you're bringing a certain type of personality and a certain type of wit and a certain type of humor and a certain type of uh, communication style, and, that, and the person you're trying to date is not interested in that, that's not a rejection of you as a human being. It is a, it is a non-congruence of criterias that, that you're both bringing to the table. You might like her criteria. She doesn't like yours. It's fine. You will find someone that will. So, so even though it's going to be vulnerable out there, it's not as vulnerable as you think if you look at it in the way that I just said to you. So gentlemen, vulnerability can be very empowering and it can foster authentic connections with others. However, as I said earlier, it's crucial to exercise caution and be vulnerable with individuals you've, who have earned your trust and are supportive of who you are. Okay, that's important there. So men, pursue vulnerability. Men, pursue vulnerability. I know this is a very difficult trait, but trust me when I say this, it is absolutely worth it for your friendships and the relationships that you have around you. Massively, massively worth it. Trust me on that. Well, once again, I want to say thank you for joining me on this journey. Um, I hope that helped many of you, um, or at least some of you. Uh, please consider sharing this podcast out there and letting uh, more men know about this and women who are joining us on this conversation. Thank you for coming on this journey too. Much appreciated, guys. Have a great rest of your week. I will see you on the next episode.